Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Wednesday edition of Clay and Buck starts right now. Thanks for being with us from all over the U.S. of A. Big news, my friends. Oh, we were talking about it yesterday. We had a feeling. And the folks of Chicago have had a, a moment, a burst of sanity as Lori Lightfoot, Hallelujah. possibly the worst mayor Play, right? I think worst mayor, we could say it, is soon to be the former mayor of Chicago. A crushing defeat from 73% of the vote in her election win to getting 17% of the vote. Now, granted, there was a pretty big field, but you would think the sitting mayor could do better than less than a fifth of the overall vote. Chicago. You're you're coming back to Sanity Land, and we welcome you, which is great. We'll discuss more of this, of course. Uh, big, big loss for the progressive prosecutor, weak on crime. Let's just blame the cops left. You know, that's because that's been at the center of Lightfoot's uh, time as mayor, and it was also how she ascended to the mayor's office in the first place. And Clay will explain in a, in a couple moments here what she's blaming for her loss Spoiler alert, not her incompetence as mayor. Just going to put that out there. That's, yeah, I think you might know where this is going. Um, also, really interesting breakdown in the Washington Post about the debate in advance of the Mar-a-Lago document raid. Remember that? Remember the FBI? The guys in windbreakers? FBI. Special Agent Johnny Utah. They showed up. And they seized those records at Mar-a-Lago. And we were saying, this is outrageous. It was outrageous. And from the reporting in the Washington Post, which Clay and I both believe comes from direct FBI sources who wanted to get this on the record, they knew it was outrageous. They knew that there was a political impetus behind all. We'll break that down for you, too. Important stuff going on there. Also being joined by Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana in the second hour of the program who's going to tell you all a bit about this hearing they're having on China and what to do about it. It's looking like they may ban TikTok, which, Clay, 
where am I going to learn the best way to sear a steak or how to do the perfect roll technique with my filet mignon? I guess I'll have to get it elsewhere. And then 2.30 p.m., Betsy DeVos, former education secretary. We'll talk to her about no surprise, school choice, education, what's going on in that world. I think she got a book out as well. Am I, uh, am I correct in that one? Um, she did have a book out. So, Clay, let's start with Lori Lightfoot. We could sit here and go into some at some length about what's going on in Chicago. I broke down the basic numbers yesterday. Call it roughly an average of 700 murders a year over the last few years, which is just completely unacceptable. And then you also look at shooting incidents. You look at theft. You look at criminal sexual assault. You look at robbery. Overall crimes um, through the second uh, month of the, well, through February, according to Daily Mail here, overall crimes are up 52%, which is just, I don't even know how that's uh, compared to 2022. I think about that. A 50% year-over-year increase in overall crimes. Does Lori Lightfoot say to everybody, you know what, I'm just not good at this? No. What does she say, Clay? She blamed her loss on racism and sexism, which is so par for the course on identity politics. But last night when I saw these results coming in, I felt compelled, Buck, to congratulate Lori Lightfoot They made such a big deal about the fact that she was the first black lesbian to be mayor of a major American city. And I have to congratulate her on being the first black lesbian mayor to lose 83 to 17 in a reelection bid. She's the first Chicago mayor in over 40 years who was an incumbent not to be reelected, Buck. I mean, this was, to me a seismic repudiation of everything that we reject on this show on a daily basis. And one of the things that we've been upset about, and I'm curious if this reckoning is actually going to boomerang back around in 24, is none of the people who got everything wrong on COVID have had to bear the cost for getting everything wrong on COVID, right? Gretchen Whitmer gets reelected. If you're listening to us in Michigan, you remember when there was literal crime scene tape over your ability to buy some things in a department store, right? I mean, they literally shut down and said only certain essential products could be bought. You couldn't buy, for instance, if I remember correctly, seeds for your garden. If you went out to the grocery store, they had that part of the store taped off with crime scene tape to disallow people from being able to go in there. And so Lori Lightfoot, Chicago, I believe, alongside of L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., drastically awful decisions were made there. And the leadership was indefensible. And all the masking and all the social distancing and all the stand-in-your-circles, all of it, I think, finally led to someone, Lori Lightfoot, having to pay the price. And I just I looked at it and I said, hallelujah, Chicago is our third largest city in the country. What were we talking about yesterday, Buck? Illinois is the only reliably blue state in the center part of the country. And I, and I just want you to think about that from a geographic perspective. The only non-East uh, Coast or West Coast state that you can point to and say with virtual 100% certainty is going to be blue, finally there were consequences for incompetence. And the fact that Lori Lightfoot, I believe we have audio of her, uh, we're trying to track down. I don't know if she officially said in public. I saw the New York Post uh, with the headline about her saying this is because of racism and sexism. 
One of the two finalists, by the way, is a black guy. So it seems to me hard to justify racism when someone else of your own race was chosen to be more competent than you. Uh, but here is Lori Lightfoot, cut three, talking about all the great things she accomplished en route to the worst beatdown of an incumbent mayor in a re-election campaign that I can remember in modern history. Listen. Obviously, we didn't win the election today, but I stand here with my head held high and a heart full of gratitude. And regardless of tonight's outcome, we fought the right fights and we put this city on a better path. No doubt about it. I'm grateful that we worked together to remove a record number of guns off our streets, reduce homicides, and started making real progress on public safety. She can say whatever she wants, but I mean, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, and, and the people of Chicago, the Democrat voters of Chicago, I mean, let's be honest about what we're really talking about here. They said, this is just too much. This is crazy. And, you know, I think a big part of it, um, was the, the videos that you would see of the kind of crimes that were occurring in Chicago. You know, there's just one this week as well in St. Louis. I know we have a lot of listeners in St. Louis and, you know, there was that broad daylight execution of a, of a, a homeless man on the street and just broad daylight on video guy pulls out a gun and just calmly you know murders a fellow human being you were seeing things similar to that in their uh depravity and the way that they were hitting the the conscience of the public going on in chicago you know woman walking her dog in a quiet neighborhood and car screeches up guys with hoodies on you know run at her grab her pull a gun out on her maybe pistol whip her i mean and and maybe killer. I mean, the things that were happening in Chicago and people were seeing videos of these happening over and over again. Eventually, it just became too much. It, it's a shame. I, I think part of uh, it's a shame that we had to learn this lesson this way. But I do think one of the things you've seen in a lot of these cities is that the the threshold for punishment from bad Democrat policies is higher for Democrats than it would be for just a normal, rational person. So eventually, the crime level gets too high in San Francisco, in Chicago. It just takes a whole lot more awfulness and a whole lot more suffering before they come to the right decision. But as we see in Chicago, even even uh, hard and fast Democrats don't want to walk down the streets and get worried about whether there's going to be a drive-by in their neighborhood. By the way, in any neighborhood in Chicago, and that was a part of it, too, it's not just the south side, not just the high crime areas. There was a lot of stuff happening in Lincoln Park, a lot of stuff happening in, you know, there was the shooting that happened in Millennium Park right after I was there. That stuff is what really makes, I think, people realize this is too much. Buck, think about how difficult it is with all of the values of incumbency. You hit on this in the open. She got 73% of the vote four years ago. To go from 73% of the vote, I believe she won all 50 voting districts in Chicago the last time when she was elected, to fall all the way to 17% of the vote. When you have all the powers of incumbency, when virtually everyone knows you, to me, this is a story that is more significant than Chicago. If I am a Democrat and I am looking at the refuse of this result, I am saying we are in some significant trouble potentially when it comes to incumbency in 2024. I, I know, really may, do think so. 
for mayor's races, that's obviously the case. I think at some state level races, it will matter. I will say that, you know, Joe Biden all along, he's been in the game a long time. And as much as we talk about his lack of sharpness and, and mental acuity these days, which is all very true, uh, he does know some things and he understands at the national level, the American people are not anti-cop. They're just not. And so he never, he never really went down that full on. He would give a lot of praise to, you know, the BLM and progress and all, all the stuff that, you know, oh, reform. But he never went anti-cop. He never went defund police. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be in the presidential election as big of a factor as I would obviously wish it to be. But I do think at some of the city and state levels, you're going to see people who are in big trouble. I just want to be clear, though, Clay, Lori Lightfoot um, rejects this entirely. And she does view this as a referendum, a referendum on how racist the people of Chicago are, which is so weird <laughs> because 73% of them voted for her the last time. Somehow between a, a sweeping electoral victory and mandate by Chicagoans, Chicago just got super racist in the last few years. A lot of people wandering around the streets with MAGA hats on, I guess, millions of them. Um, she said to the New Yorker over the weekend, this is the quote, I am a black woman. Let's not forget certain folks, frankly, don't support us in leadership roles. Oh, so that's that's why Chicago just had the biggest swing against a mayor in terms of uh, electoral politics. I think we've ever I've never seen anything like this before. A lot of racism and sexism suddenly took over. This was my argument that the media missed in 2016. Buck. A huge number of people in the Midwest voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012. Millions of people. And then flipped their vote to Donald Trump. And the immediate reaction was Trump won because of racism. And my question was, well, if you're willing to vote for a black guy to be president of the United States, and then you flip to Donald Trump, it seems like that's not racism. And this is, of course, because this is the only game they know how to play, right? The identity politics-driven Democrat Party. Lori Lightfoot can't say she won 73% of the vote because people chose her as the best candidate, irrespective of whether she was black or lesbian. She that That's not the reason they voted for her. It's only the reason they can vote against her, right? She can only be a victim of her race and sex. She can never benefit from it at all. It's so strange, too, because when she's running, and this is true in many different elections, when she's running, the media and the Democrat Party and, and some independents and some Republicans will all talk about the groundbreaking nature, the, yeah, oh, the yes. glass ceiling shattering nature of having not just the first black female mayor, but the first black lesbian female mayor of Chicago and, and I, I believe of, of a major you know city of that size in the United States. As an asset, and then it is spoken of as as yes. an asset. Clearly, like and an incredible accomplishment. So, so the 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 game that is played in the whole diversity and inclusion rhetoric is: isn't this so great? Don't we all agree that this is great? Just these, you know, the immutable characteristics at issue, the identity politics involved. But then, if it goes against that person after a huge win, it's well, everybody's racist and and homophobic or sexist or whatever. So, well, well hold on a second. I thought it was it was an asset before, but now it's a huge it's a huge uh, electoral liability. It, no, I think seven hundred murders and a fifty percent increase in crime in the last twelve months. I think that's the big liability. You can only be a victim. 
Democrat Party runs the Oppression Olympics, only allows victimization. How about saving some money every month on your cell phone bill? Pure Talk saves the average size family over $900 a year when they switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. That's right. You can save $900 a year on your wireless bill. Still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service with Pure Talk. You can get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Pure Talk's so sure you're going to love their service. They'll even back it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month, you can cut your bill in half with Pure Talk. Keep your phone and your number. Same phone, same phone number. Veteran-owned company, U.S.-based customer service team. Give them a call today. Make the switch in as little as 10 minutes. Just dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, to save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter. Wireless restrictions apply. See site for details. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're having some fun with Lori Lightfoot getting waxed in Chicago and immediately blaming racist and sexist voters, the same racist and sexist voters, maybe also homophobic voters, who had previously given her a landslide victory before she proved that she was not up to the job. Speaking of someone else who is not up to the job, Joe Biden continues to prove that he can't even read a teleprompter. This was yesterday in the White House. Listen. You say, well, how can that be, Joe? Well, right now, the government, our tax dollars, pay out through Medicare the help for the prescription drugs. If they have to pay out $159,000 billion less for prescription drugs, 
then it reduces the deficit. Yeah, China's terrified of this guy, Buck. Can't even read what a prescription drug bill is going to cost off a teleprompter. And, you know, we talked about this. I know they always say, well, he's got a stutter, he's got challenging. You go listen to Joe Biden talk 20 years ago. There is no comparison. He slurs, he can't speak, he can't read, and it's getting worse every single day. No, I, I also think it's it's really uh, it's really odious what they do to try to hide behind things, to try to create shields. For example, to say that Joe Biden has a stutter, I mean, I, I had an enunciation disorder as a kid. I had a real a, a real speech impediment that had to go see speech therapists for and, yep. and get worked on. You've talked about it on this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to, to do the whole, oh, he has a stutter, so if you criticize him, you're... No, we're not criticizing his stutter because he doesn't have one. We're criticizing the fact that he is in deterioration of the brain because he's too old for the job. They did the same thing with Fetterman, by the way. Oh, it's ableism. Yeah. No, no one's making fun of Fetterman because he's in a wheelchair. They're saying his brain doesn't function. He's not in a wheelchair, but you know what I mean. They're saying his brain doesn't function properly because of the stroke. But they make it sound like, oh, you're making fun of handicapped people or people with a disability. No, it's really gross what they do. Your ability to do the job, your availability, is a huge part of whether or not you should have a job. I mean, take it outside of being a politician. If you have a broken arm and you're a quarterback and it's your throwing arm, you can't do the job. You're not ableist. You're saying, I wouldn't sign that guy to a long-term contract. His health is not good. That's what people of Pennsylvania did, and Fetterman's already in the hospital. You know, when historians look back at how quickly the Internet exploded, one thing that will stand out as a blind spot is cybersecurity. Hackers always seem to be a step ahead which is why we recommend LifeLock to protect your online identity. Their systems monitor the web 24-7 looking for evidence of wrongdoing involving your name and identity. When they spot it, they're in touch with you immediately. You get to confirm or deny there's a problem, and if there is, they'll assign an experienced restoration specialist who will help restore your good name. That alone is worth the annual fee. Think of all the things you do online, from buying goods and services, to using social media, downloading apps, one clever cyber hacker getting your data is a mess you don't want to deal with. Trust me. It's why you need LifeLock. I have LifeLock. I've had it for years, and I've needed it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code BUCK for 25% off. That's LifeLock.com. Use that promo code B-U-C-K. For a 25% off deal, you just need to have LifeLock online. Some things are so predictable that you hesitate to even say, well, we saw this one coming. But this certainly falls into that category. Dr. Fauci, he's still out there. He's still giving his advice and his thoughts, you know, after representing science for two years. Here we have Fauci wanting everyone to know that as far as he is concerned, you know, we, we may never know where COVID came from. But this is just so interesting. Before we play this, I want to remind everybody that this is the guy who knew everything. And he was science. And it was all so clear and true. And and then there were the, the barbarians, the troglodytes like me and Clay and, and others out there who were questioning. <laughs> and here he is telling everybody, we're just probably never going to know. Play 11. We must all keep an open mind as to all possibilities need to be entertained. Do you think we'll ever know how the pandemic originated? Might not. It very well might not. We may not ever know. That's unfortunate, but that's the possibility that we might not ever know. Buck, here's what I would say. 
and I am nowhere near the esteemed genius of Dr. Fauci, wouldn't we have found the animal that originated COVID by now if there was an animal that had originated COVID? Think of the incentive right. the Chinese would have to do just that. Ob- you know, Correct. If we, we could count on the Chinese to not be helpful about the lab leak theory, but if there were a pangolin walking around that was, you know, the, the first they one to get They would have this? trotted it out with like a major press conference, I would think, to reflect. And I presume that they have tried to find an animal that could have been the origin of COVID for a long time. To me, this has always been a simple question. And this is where I think the innate American intelligence of the average person comes through. People who lie usually lie because they are trying to hide something. Who had something to hide here? The Chinese government, which was ashamed and embarrassed that they had unleashed potentially COVID. And by the way, the scary thing here that probably should be addressed as this lab leak becomes more uh, understood did someone actually do it on purpose? Right? I mean, so I've there's never long could, been a bioweapons component here. It's like nobody can even ask that question, right? But well, that and Fauci both would lie. Well, so so I, I know that we, there was the, uh, the guest uh, who was the Chinese research specialist who went on uh, on you know, virology and, and, and viruses like this, who went on Tucker's show and said that she believes that now she went on early, like, March 2020, she went on air and said, this is from a lab. Yes. And she was right. So when you went early on and said something that's true, I do think that you get extra credibility points yes. at this point, right? But she's saying that it was intentional. I think we need to really parse that or be very clear about what that means because I don't understand. It may have been an intent, an intentionally engineered virus. It may have been something that they were... They act like, oh, it just escaped from a lab. We had no intent. No, maybe it escaped from a lab, and they were looking at how could we make this a really dangerous pathogen and not just for you know benevolent research purposes. But why would you, unle- you know, if you were working on a smallpox you know, vaccine, I-, I read a book um, a while back, a novel, I Am Pilgrim, and this guy, yeah. you know, he's a terrorist. A very good book, by the way, very good novel, uh, Terry Hayes. And if you like that kind of Jack Ryan stuff, and he uh, he re- he engineers smallpox to be even more dangerous, so it can get around whatever vaccines we have. That's sorry, spoiler alert, but that's that's what happens in the book. You wouldn't. He's trying to get it to America, though, right? I mean, you wouldn't unleash it in your own country first. That's the part of this that I, the intentional yeah, uh, release of the virus doesn't make any sense to me. Just to be very honest, unless about it. I don't see unless that. Unless it is akin to a pilot who decides to take down a plane, right? There are some people whose brains just for whatever reason, short circuit, and they make suicidal decisions because they just want to see the world burn. And at a minimum, so that would be my answer as to why you would potentially take it out there. Was that a sly Batman Begins that reference? Was. And Michael Caine is like, some men just want to see yes. the world burn. You One know, of the like great all-time uh, yeah. superhero trilogies, movies. That, uh, that may be my Nolan. favorite superhero movie of all time, actually. The original Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan. It's certainly in my top three. So um, good. But so but, good. But, but I, that would be uh, my answer to that question, Buck, would be like, how would it get out in China if it could be intentional? But at a minimum, we should want to know how this virus got out to try to ensure no, no, that no, it no, never happens again. You're, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking way too logically. Dr. Michael Osterholm wants you to know that all this conversation that we are having here right now, guys, come on. 
It's a waste of time to know where the greatest pandemic of the last hundred years came from. Why are you wasting your time on this? Let's talk about pronouns more. Here, play 13. Let me just say at the outset, you know, we have the top 10 criminal cold cases of the last century that have never been solved, despite extensive efforts. This is going to be one of those in a sense, because even if the Chinese were to come forward and say nobody in their lab had been infected, that they did not have those virus in their lab, would anybody in the world believe them? And so I think we have to move on. And I, I worry that we're wasting time getting prepared for the next virus to hit us, where both lab leaks and the potential for spillover are real possibilities. That's what we should be spending our time doing right now. It's amazing. Isn't it, Clay? We, we've gone from shut up, peasant. We have all the answers. Double mask alone in your car, listening to Michael Bolton going down the highway, because otherwise you're going to get COVID and you're going to give it to grandma and kill her. Um, we've gone from that to, guys, this whole origins of COVID thing, kind of a waste of time. We're never really going to know. A lot of, a lot of open questions. This is the, this is, this is gaslighting on a thermonuclear scale. I mean, this yeah. is, it's hard to top this. It, it is crazy. And also to me, if we created, and I'm using the global we, right? Humans. If we created COVID in a lab, and it got out and inflicted the damage that it did in this world and in this country for sure. Shouldn't the number one thing we do be attempting to ensure that this never happens again? Why in the world are we still in any way doing gain-of-function research? I understand the argument of, well, gain-of-function research helps us to figure out how to fight viruses in the future. But on some level, if you're balancing equities, we just had hopefully a once in a hundred year brand new novel virus that we created move around the world in a rapid rate. Why in the world would we be trying to create in a lab more dangerous and more deadly versions of viruses and presume that we are not going to screw up and get them out there? Or again, Buck, this thing could get stolen and end up in the hands of the wrong people. Now, I do think that's why you know the, the the someone just wants to see the world burn. I think the idea that you could create a global deadly virus and unleash it only in one particular country, it's been proven that that wouldn't work, right? We're such a global society now that ultimately every virus is going to make its way around the globe no matter what we do. But... Why would we create them? I really do believe this was a Chinese-created virus, based on the evidence. I think that it was American taxpayer partially funded the gain-of-function research in Wuhan, maybe not this specific strain, but that Dr. Fauci helped to provide your and my money, which why in the world are we doing this in the first place, to the Chinese to conduct this investigation, uh, this this gain-of-function research. It then got out, and China panicked, and tried to destroy every record and went to all the Dr. Fauci's of the world and said, oh, this came from an animal. And as we said when we started this conversation, Buck, okay, where's the animal? You've theoretically been looking for this animal that transferred COVID to humans. Why have we not found this virus organically in a, an animal to prove that that's where it came from, despite the Chinese theoretically looking for it for years? 
Mm. Okay, yeah, we're just not supposed to ask these questions anymore. All, all of it a sudden, like the most important question, right? That, that Osterholm should think, want to see answered. You would think, and for anyone who I understand, there's there's a desire now, and and I share it at some level too, to just be like, guys, no more, like no more COVID. I don't want to think about it, talking anymore. Here's a headline from today's Daily Mail: Bird flu has mutated to infect people. Fresh pandemic fears as scientists in Ground Zero of Cambodia find H5N1 strain that killed 11-year-old girl and has evolved to better infect humans. So I, I think it's actually really important that we do have a system in place to get to what is true about all this stuff and not just hope that the lunatics who got it all wrong the next, uh, the last time won't get it all wrong the next time because they will. If you're concerned, my friends, about the lives of unborn children in our nation, your instincts are right on. Never has it been easier or more convenient for pregnant mothers to end the life of an unborn child. But there's an organization paying attention to providing for the life of every unborn child, and they started long before the Supreme Court decision last year when Roe v. Wade was overturned and making it a state decision. The organization is called the Preborn Network of Clinics. They've rescued over 200,000 babies in the past 17 years, by helping pregnant women meet their unborn child through an ultrasound experience. Their clinics are nationwide. Most of them are in states and cities where abortion clinics are readily available. The majority of the women who come to their clinics are often being pressured to abort. Preborn seeks these women out before they make that choice that can't be taken back, and it introduces them to the life growing inside them through a free ultrasound. Once that mother hears that heartbeat, she realizes she's a mom-to-be. Most of the time, she chooses life. 28 bucks is the cost of an ultrasound that could save a baby's life today. You can make a tax-deductible donation to Preborn now. Just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Um, yesterday, Buck, I thought something happened on the show that would not happen ever. Now it's going to happen again. This may be even more crazy. I am going to praise Joy Behar, who I've previously called the dumbest woman appearing on any program daily in America, maybe in the world. Joy Behar was on The View yesterday, Buck. I said Whoopi Goldberg nailed it. I mean, maybe maybe I'm going to end up one of the chicks on The View at this direction. Clay, you're going to be on The View, and Joy's going to say, you're handsomer in person, Mr. Travis. I mean, they might end up adding me as a dude just to have a dude on The View, not just chicks. And uh, maybe I'd end up agreeing with them every day. If, because... I don't know if you get to call them <laughs> chicks if you're on set with them. I'm just throwing that out there. Is chicks an offensive term? I mean, not to I, me, but I'm a dude. I mean, it's interesting. I remember when I was practicing law, I, uh, uh, I, we had a new attorney, new female attorney, and I said, "Who's the new girl?" And they were like, uh, one of the women partners was like, "Oh, you would never say who's the new boy," and I was like, "No, but I would say who's the new guy." She was like, "Oh, yeah, I guess that's right." But I mean, so I, this whole idea of you know what words can you use? I don't think that chicks is is an offensive term. Certainly not gonna <laughs> not gonna call them babes. Uh, but uh, Joy Behar, this has this happened to you ever, Buck? So Marjorie Taylor Greene was out to dinner, I think, and she was confronted by someone who disagreed with her politically. Have you had or been in any scene where you've seen a situation like this happen? Wait, to me, or have I seen yeah, it happen with to somebody what? you're sitting with? I've had it happen once. Uh, I, so I, I will tell you, I, I was very disappointed. Where I lived in D.C. Uh, was also a place during the Trump administration where there were some Trump White House officials. I bring it up because there were, and I mean, the most blue-haired, you know, nose ring wearing lunatic libs had gathered right under my window. Yeah. And they were banging drums and cowbells. They're like, oh, like you support like the white nationalist in the White House and all this stuff. And there's a part of me that's like, these people are super annoying. It's a Sunday. I want to sleep. But also a part of me that was like, oh, moving up in the world. I got to, they were going for Stephen Miller. <laughs> and, and he lived on the other side of the building, which is what was so unfair. He never heard a peep from these lunatics, but I thought they were there for me. Turned out not so much, but no, this I actually hasn't happened to me yet. But a lot of very nice people in our radio audience come up and say wonderful things about us, and I love them. But I haven't had the nasty. The na I've had when I worked at CNN, I had a guy look at me on the uh, subway, and he stared at me, and uh, he said, uh, "I see you on CNN." He says you sound eloquent, but I hate everything you say. So that was a little bit of a a thing. What did you have? What happened to you? Uh, I've had I've been screamed at twice uh, really? while doing stand ups. Yeah, once last year, meaning 2021. So I was at a Tennessee Georgia game, I think, or ten. I don't remember. I was standing up doing like a television hit, and in between the hits, somebody screamed at me. I can't believe you're defending Kyle Rittenhouse in any way. You're going to go to hell and a bunch of curse words. Um, 
that was in Knoxville. Oh, wow. And then I was I, doing I wonder a how that person feels about himself, uh, considering Kyle Rittenhouse 100% innocent and did nothing wrong. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was right on that one. And then, actually, I don't even know that I mentioned this to you. I was doing a stand-up, about to do one before the uh, Alabama-Texas game in Austin when you were you and your family were down there, you and your brothers. And somebody came by and was like, I listened to your show. You're a horrible racist, blah, 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 like a lot of curse words. And I was like, appreciate you listening. <laughs> and uh, and so I, that's the only two times face-to-face that I've ever had. Oh, no. And that's not even I, really I, face-to-face. I, I, I'm forgetting. I went to a black tie event in New York, and there was a line of protesters outside, and a couple of them got... Uh, right in my, I'm, I'm in a tuxedo and a couple of them got right in my face and they're like, they're like, you're not welcome here. We know who you are. Okay, I want to be like, not welcome here. This is my city. What are you, you're you born probably raised. Just, you probably just got off a bus from someplace. God knows where. Like, what are you talking about? But you're not welcome in New York. You know, this whole thing. And they were screaming in my face. The cop there. So I think they also were hoping that I, you know, this is, these people are so tough. They want to get right in your face. They were all males. They want to get right in your face and say really aggressive things. And then the moment you like, do anything. Oh my gosh, yeah, he attacked me. Yeah. Throw him in jail. <laughs> Not, such, yeah, of course. 99.9% of all things that I hear in public are positive, but I did want to mention that. And the idea that you would confront someone in a restaurant, regardless of their politics, and I say this to everybody out there listening as well, indefensible. You are not in the right when you make this decision. So Marjorie Taylor Greene was confronted, uh, and this is what Joy Behar on The View had to say. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted that she was, quote, attacked, quote, unquote, by a woman in a restaurant on Monday night and was screamed at by her adult son, not Marjorie's son, the woman's son, while she was sitting at a table with members of her staff simply because she claims it was just because she has political views that are different. So I have to say I'm on Marjorie's side for this one because I don't believe that anybody should be going up to any of us, anybody in public and harassing us. Amen. Joy Behar nailed it. Never have said it before on the show. She's 100% right. High five for Joy Behar on that one. I was just going to say it. Uh, We will always, when people speak the truth, they're speaking the truth. I don't care who says it. The truth is a good thing. She's right. She probably took a little heat from her audience on that one. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Joy Behar is sick of carrying water for the commies. You know, maybe she's starting to see a little, a, a glimmer of light. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. But a little tiny bit. And to Joy Behar's defense here, this is the exact opposite of what Congresswoman Maxine Waters said. Remember where she said, get everybody in the face and scream at them, basically. The View should have us on. Let's just put that out there. The View, Bookers, have on Clay and Buck. But coming up next, we're talking about the FBI and the Mar-a-Lago raid. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.